0: Regular season is here, and what a rivalry weekend. Welcome into Monday Morning Live, brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code next round. Gets you 50% off, well actually adds 50% to your deposit, a deposit bonus there, with MyBookie.ag. I'm Jim Dunaway, but this show is all about ESPN's Tom Luganbill, so let's bring him in. And Lug's a lot to get to uh, with the Iron Bowl and everything else on this chase for championship weekend. But my first question, I just want to start off with this. (laughs) It's 4th and 31. There is nothing short of a touchdown that works in this case. And, And, you know, I know zero about football. But to rush two people and give Jalen Milrose 6.3 seconds to throw a pass and make your guys cover for 6.3 seconds. Seems like the worst defensive play call you could make in that situation.
1: Yeah, the the numbers did not benefit Auburn there. Now, you might say, okay, well, they're going to rush two. They're going to drop nine. But the problem is is if you look at the full full, all-22 picture um, of everybody on the field, the depth of almost half of those nine wasn't even near the goal line. And when you have that one-on-one matchup in the corner now, it didn't initially look like it was going to be one-on-one, but when the other receiving target cut inside and the second defender went with him and joined the safety, it left Isaiah Bond one-on-one. The bottom line is they're so petrified of Jalen Milrow's legs, and you may say, "But it's fourth and 31. Well, yeah, it was also third and twenty when he got nineteen with the big collision down there. <laughs> yeah, but, in the but, red areas.
0: Uh, you, you don't have to. You, hell, he's got to run it into the end zone it, at that point. You got eleven guys in thirty-one yards. You got eleven guys who can get there.
1: I know. I'm just. I'm trying to think about it through all different avenues. None, none of it makes sense. I get it. It was a bad. It, it was a bad play call for a moment where you're good enough on defense at Auburn to rush for and probably play normal coverage. Just stay deep as the deepest, but provide some form of a clock in Jalen Milrow's head to where he either has to get the ball off early. All right. Or he has to get the ball off under duress. Either one of those two options is better than what they chose by a mile.
0: Yeah. It's a, a crazy ending one that keeps Alabama's playoff hopes alive and one that will be talked about for a long, long time in these parts. Uh, Fourth and 31, uh, the Grave Digger, whatever you want to call it, um, the (laughs) Disaster, um, what was it, uh, Disaster at Jordan-Hare or something like that. Uh, A a variety of different names for this one. Uh, But but ultimately, we go back and and break down this game a little bit. Um, And we're doing this backwards, I know, from the last play on but right. you, you've got you got a you got a punt that is fumbled that gives Alabama life if you if you don't even if you don't even put anybody back if you don't even put anybody back to catch the punt and just have 11 guys up at the line to prevent a fake and just let that thing roll around i feel like you still get out with a victory if you don't even put anybody back for yeah. the punt i i still feel like you get out with a victory
1: well and how awkward was how he fielded yeah the punt I mean, that in and of itself, when it happened, I, was, I couldn't wait to see the replay because I couldn't believe what I had just seen. But you're right, again, all of these what-if scenarios and all of these armchair quarterback scenarios, but unfortunately, the two you just outlined aren't like a deep thought process line of thinking. They're fairly obvious ones. Um, I can understand putting some back there and fielding it. You trust your return, and that's all, that's all fine. Uh, but you could have done exactly what you just outlined there. I mean, that game, couple, couple, put it this way, Jim, like how close were we to Armageddon this last weekend?
0: Oh, I mean, with with what went on with Georgia, Georgia Tech, Washington, Washington State, Florida State, oh. Florida, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, yeah, all across the board, and it all
1: worked out. Yeah. It all worked out the way, kind of in in to some degree, the way the committee kind of needed it to right now. But here's the issue that you've got to look at going forward, and I've had people making this debate. We talked about it on Friday night on our broadcast, is is there a scenario if we're going to assume Florida State is an undefeated ACC champ and if Alabama were to beat Georgia, could you put both Alabama and Georgia out? Yeah,
0: it's a if possibility. Texas, yeah, it's a if possibility. Texas is a
1: one-loss champ and has the card against Alabama. See what we got to remind people here with the committee is at the end of the day, the you have to make a determination whether you think a team that has a head-to-head versus another team is "quote unquote unequivocally better." Right? If you don't believe that, then head-to-head becomes secondary. If you think that this team is head and shoulders above that other team. But see, I don't think the committee will look at it that way. I think that they will look outside of a dominant win for Texas on Friday night. I think they will look at the team that really truly ascended as being Alabama in terms of improved from week two to now. Now you may say, well, Lugs, like Texas had to win two games, one against a ranked opponent with a backup quarterback. They've lost their starting tailback. Um, and they've still come up with ways to win uh, versus a, a, a pretty solid schedule, and that's fair. But I'm just trying to paint the picture and outline everything of how something like that could happen. And we're sitting here going into championship weekend. We have so many teams still in this thing.
0: I, I watched I watched the Alabama Auburn game, and and I was I was taken back to the fact that I knew Auburn would be better after New Mexico State. Um, we talked about it last week. Yeah, right? it, would, it would not yeah. factor in this game at all. Um, and, and listen, I just named a couple of coaching things there at the end. It, let's, let's give Hugh Freeze some credit that that team was ready to play. They ran yes. the ball 42 times for 244 yards right at Alabama. They didn't, they didn't break 93 yards passing, so they had to run the football, and they were in a position to win the game. Now, I asked the question with Alabama. It took a fourth and 31 to escape Jordan Hare Stadium. Do yeah. you think that Alabama team plays better against Georgia than it did on the road at Auburn? I do. I th- I used the same logic I did with New Mexico State and, and, and Auburn this past week on how they would play against Alabama. I think Alabama, away from one of the toughest places, and uh, I will make an argument, the toughest place in the world to play in Jordan Hare. I would agree going to uh, Atlanta, a place they've been very comfortable in playing in a neutral side against Georgia, will be a much better Alabama team than that showed up at Jordan-Hare Stadium. They'll be more comfortable in this game this week than they were this past week. Auburn made them uncomfortable with the things they were doing, and that atmosphere is just overwhelming at times.
1: It's it's absolutely overwhelming, and listen, I I think – whether it's as a fan, whether it's as a a broadcaster or a member of that committee, you have to look at rivalry weekends differently. They are, they're just, there's anything can happen. We saw that happen. Okay. All weekend long. And I, I think that they give environment opponent, regardless of record, knowing the history, they give that real credence meaning I don't think they dock teams who narrowly escape or win at the very end um, in that scenario. I really don't. In fact, I think they probably respect it more because of how difficult it is. And then you'll press the reset button. And I totally agree with you, uh, Jim. And we talked about this last week with Auburn. They they would come ready to play. They did. Yeah, this is, this is um, a better setting for them. The environment's a better setting. I would make the argument once again that the fact that Georgia's quarterback is not a runner is is something that plays in Alabama's favor. Uh, so I think there's a lot of factors and variables in this one that would point to, you know, a pretty evenly matched ball game. Now, I'll give you—you you mentioned giving Hugh Freeze and, and Auburn credit where I thought they did a great job. They knew in the offensive line they couldn't just line up and push Alabama around. So what did they do? They gap schemed them, block down, pull out, pin and pull. Uh, counter, a lot of misdirection in the backfield so that they can angle block these guys, get leverage on the, on the ball to create some of those run lanes. And they did a great, great job of that. Now I would anticipate that we might see Jordan do some of that too. Um, because I think this game, uh, athlete per athlete is, is, is fairly equitable across the board.
0: Um, so that's coming up. couple of reactions to the game. Landmine believer in what we're talking about on just how tough it is. Uh, in 2009, 2015, and 2021, Alabama either won the national title or played for the national title, and it took fourth-quarter drives to win those games or get it to overtime to win the game. Uh, at jordan Hare stadium it's been that difficult for even teams that went on to either win or play for the national championship at alabama and nick saban talked about it and 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 this is true this is true i mean we we spent the whole day celebrating the kick six down at jordan Hare stadium we're down there brown (laughs) brown and i and eg down there and there are you know there's kiosk and there's kick six you know things being sold and you know Chris Davis is out there leading the cheers, and it's all going on there from a decade ago on what I still think is the most remarkable and impossible win in Iron Bowl history. The one I saw Saturday is second in my mind. Um, So all that's going on, and then afterwards, uh, I make it to the post game, and Nick Saban sits down and says, if you do this long enough, you're going to have some at the end of the game that goes against you, and some at the end of the game that goes for you. And finally, it went for Alabama at the end of the game in this one, um, unlike it did 10 years earlier in the kick six. So, you know, I guess in the theory of large numbers, all these things work work their way out. But in a game where Auburn had every chance in the last four minutes to win that game, Alabama escapes. Um, In that game, on that last play, Nick told us afterwards that they practice this every week that play sure called yeah. the grave, grave Digger, every week. But but obviously you don't do it at 4th and 31. What do you think? You think they do it at 4th and 20, 4th and 15? You don't well, do 4th and 31, right? I mean, that's, yeah, I mean that, well, that you, distance you may, is almost impossible.
1: Correct. You may, you may script that out every now and then. And, you know, on a Thursday or Friday, and you're running through all of your scenarios, all of your what-if scenarios, down and distance, hash mark line to gain where are we on the field are we at the 50-yard line or are we at the 15-yard line what do we have to get to how much time is left do we have any timeouts do we not have any timeouts and then you know you're trying to obviously put yourself in a position where you get a scenario that worked out in this case where you're one-on-one with somebody what's odd about it though is this wasn't a matchup created using measurables isaiah bond's one of the shorter people on the field Right. in this particular setting this wasn't trying to get a six4 Keon Coleman at Florida State matched up against your 511 corner that's not what tri- took place here um which makes it even even more remarkable but yeah I mean he, that's not coach fluff when he's when he's saying that all of those things are very real and they're very true now how do you come up with what your line to gain is in this and that I think you you juggle it and then you come up with different scenarios each and every week or you practice something that's happened to you before and you didn't handle it well or you didn't uh, get the conversion. But uh, sometimes, listen, it's just, this is a a weird game where the ball can go in a lot of different directions. Do you remember the, um, because you mentioned the the game, I think it was the year Auburn uh, won the national championship in 2010. They're playing in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. And Alabama is rolling. I mean, absolutely rolling. And I can't remember who the running back was at the time. It might have been Mark Ingram. But anyway, he's streaking down the right sideline. If you look at your TV, going right to left. Far sideline. And I want to say it was Williams, the linebacker for Auburn, comes up behind the running back and pops the ball out. Now, the running back is probably this far from the sideline. If you remember, Jim, from like the 20-yard line when he popped that ball out, that ball rolled. A football, not a basketball, right? Rolled straight in through to the end zone and out the back of the end zone. It didn't. All it had to do is go that far and be out of bounds. Yep, right. But on that play, on that day, in that moment, the oblong shaped ball rolled straight, like a complete anomaly. And those are the types of plays that, that Nick Saban's talking about: the kick six. I always try to remind people, you gotta look at the kick six and remember who is on the field. You've got all skilled athletes for Auburn and you've got elephants on ice for Alabama because they're in field goal production. It's all linemen. Your most you're your most not athletic, but maybe your most quote unquote skilled guy was your holder and your kicker.
0: Yeah. Terry on so Arnold
1: he, Terry
0: Ar- Arnold on for, our Terry yeah. Arnold on our show this week told us that he still brings that up every year at different times his coaching moments because he had told everybody don't watch the kick cover the kick cover the kick in case we miss it and he says you can go back and look at the tape and every person on Alabama's team is sitting there watching the kick. Nobody's covering the kick; they're watching the kick until it comes up short, and they're like, "Oh, he's returning it," and they no, they're not athletic enough to get over there to it. No, you got You got to play yeah, to the guys end. versus skill guys. It's all the Iron yeah. Bowl, man. That's all you have to say. It's the <laughs> Iron Bowl, and it uh, it lives up to it uh, almost every year. Just a fant especially down at Jordan here was a great weather day, beautiful crowd, beautiful atmosphere. Uh, just always an enjoyable weekend, and this one is heartbreaking for Auburn fans as Alabama gets the win 27-24 to keep everything intact going into the SEC Championship weekend coming up, and we'll talk more about that coming up at the end of the show here as we set the stage for Georgia and Alabama, but a lot of other stuff to get to, including the big game between michigan and ohio state and um, that one surprised me a little bit i'll remind you that the show is brought to you by our friends at my bookie mybookie.ag, and also by our friends at blakely's bouquet order online at blakelysbouquets.com over the phone at 205-579-4900 579-4900 or in person at their full service flower shop on oxmoor road blakely's bouquet blakely's bouquets we'll also get to your comments uh, on the Iron Bowl and the Alabama win a little bit later in the show as well, but let's jump to the other big game away from Alabama's win at Auburn. Michigan beats Ohio State. I was surprised because I'd convinced myself throughout the week that I thought Ohio State was going to win this game, and I, you watch this game, and I, I cannot, I continue to not be, well, I continue to be shocked at how conservative Ryan Day is. All of a sudden, in this game against Michigan, he seems to be playing as he's now lost three in a row to them. Right into Michigan's hands, the way he calls his games now, he's almost tried to duplicate and build Ohio State away from that high-scoring skill set right. of a the team they were. He's almost tried to rebuild them as a, a a duplicate copy of Michigan, the way they played this year. And he got out Michigan in this game. They never led in this game, and and, and hats off to Sharon Moore who called a halfback pass, had some fourth-down decisions. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, the guy was aggressive. Michigan was more aggressive than Ohio State in this game, and they're now the betting favorite to win the national championship.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you with the approach for Ohio State because I think when you're at Ohio State, and you look at where is their strength, their strength is in all of their perimeter skill, including the running back. Why would you get in a booth slugfest? With, yeah. with Michigan. They want you to do that. That's right. What they don't want you to do is spread them thin. I, I, I look at, I think up tempo, spread the field sideline to sideline, horizontally use every bit of that 53 and a third. All right. Spread that defense thin. Doesn't mean you can't run the ball. You absolutely can run the ball. But the closer to the ball Michigan's players are, the less exposed they are. And, uh, it, again, we've seen this approach from, from Ryan Day, and I don't know if it's a – I don't want to bring up the whole Lou Holtz, Ryan Day, you know, ru ha but I wonder if there's a part of Ryan Day that really deep down wants to prove that they can get into a fight with somebody, even if that somebody is Michigan, and win and prove to the world that they're quote-unquote tough. Well, you can be, you can be really, really tough. And find other ways to win so it, it does make you think and wonder what the line of thinking is there for ryan day and if it becomes a bit personal and he gets he gets frustrated because he doesn't like the label that sometimes is, uh, is, is placed upon them
0: you, you mentioned georgia washington and florida state all surviving earlier let's jump into that a little bit more uh georgia I mean, it was 31-23. They beat Georgia Tech. Late touchdown by Georgia Tech made that look a little scarier than yeah. it really was. Kirby Smart went into that rivalry game resting players for the SEC championship. He rested his players. Uh, and he says it wasn't because of opponents. You know, they were not 100% and blah, 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 blah. But he went into that game resting his players for the SEC championship. Made made the score look a, a little closer than probably probably is georgia tech's improved but they're not that close to georgia were you surprised at how right. that game played
1: out yeah a little bit and you're right georgia tech is improved you knew that brent key was going to have his guys ready to play i think it's really dangerous when you sit guys like that in a rivalry type game i think it could jump up and bite you now how injured is somebody um is it a scenario where like listen we did, we cannot play this guy he's not going to be able to play the next week or is it hey got some bumps and bruises um, let's, let's, uh, you know, lean on our depth right here and we'll, we'll go out and, and we'll just, we'll own the fact that we're better than they are. They are better than Georgia Tech, obviously. Um, but it was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I thought, to be honest with you, Georgia Tech kind of played them as toe to toe as anybody has all year long. Right. Um, and, and again, credit Brent Key. He's got that team, bull eligible and, and that team actually. You know, they screwed up two other games this year. They should actually have two other wins, and uh, they're they're better than their record. They're bowl-eligible, but they're better than their record.
0: Yeah, and, and then there's Washington 24-21. For Washington, it wasn't about style points because they're in if they beat Oregon, and they just yeah. needed AW. They just need, didn't need that loss, and they got it with a 42-yard field goal at the end. But I'm telling you, since the Oregon game, when Uh-oh. they won that game, that team – has looked more flawed than even Florida State with the backup quarterback. That Washington team looks flawed to me. Now, they've got to go beat a red-hot Oregon team uh, to stay unbeaten, so that'll take care of itself. Uh, But that Washington team's not clicking on all cylinders.
1: Yeah, I don't want to say they've flatlined, but they've certainly paralleled since that Oregon game. And Oregon has ascended on a, a skyrocketing trajectory of for the most part weekend and week out dominance and um you know i i was really impressed i think i mentioned this last week with how washington handled the road environment at Oregon state that was impressive bad weather conditions, ranked team on the road in conference against a team that was five no you had to have it right then they come back and they're playing a washington state team that all of a sudden woke up and throttles colorado so you you, you get washington you know, they, Washington State's got their attention, and again, a rivalry game. Should Washington have probably won that game by 10, 14 points? Yeah, probably so, but in a rivalry game with a team in Wazoo that was playing better and a really, really dynamic quarterback in Cameron Ward, they didn't. But I feel like the difference between, let's just say, the Iron Bowl and the Apple Cup, is leading into the Iron Bowl, Alabama's just been doing this, you know, just you know, skyrocketing upward, improving each and every week. As I mentioned, with Washington heading into the Apple Cup, they haven't done that. It was more of the same of what we've essentially seen just about every single week. Now, Arizona's turned out to be a really, really good football team. So that that, that outcome of that game and the way it played out wasn't all that surprising, but the Stanford game, right? Um uh, how they played and they got a win, but how they played against SC. Uh, I, I would be very, very concerned if I was a Washington fan with this Oregon game coming up in the Factual Championship game. I think Oregon is head and shoulders better than
0: Washington. Yeah, and the point spread shows that. I almost double digits Oregon favorite on the Friday night uh, there in Vegas. And then everyone was watching Florida State. And they're down 12 nothing to Florida. And I will admit uh, for a lot of people who are uh, in Auburn uh, wearing crimson and white, everywhere I walked, people were like, hey, Dunaway, Florida, Florida's down Florida's up 12 nothing on Florida State which you know opens up a a clearer path for Alabama if they were to win the SEC championship game sure. and then Florida State leaned on Trey Benson three touchdowns from their running back and they win the game um, if Florida State beats Louisville coming up in the ACC championship game not a given but Louisville got beat this past week um mm-hmm. did Florida State show the committee enough that there's still a functioning uh playoff like offense? And that went over Florida in the swamp on the road.
1: Whether they showed them en- enough or not, I think is irrelevant because there is no way they are not going to put a thirteen and zero Power Five conference champion in the college football playoff. If they chose not to do that, then what are we doing with this whole thing? Yeah, like why? Why? Why do we have any stipulations? Why do we have any criteria? Why do we have? Why do we even have this setup? Because that's, that's the whole point. I, I said, you know, last week after this injury happened, I don't care if Florida State wins 16 to 10 and 17, 14. They do a backup quarterback with a championship game and you had to go into the swamp. Um, you're, you're, you're in, you're in. And so I think the committee just wants to see how good is Florida State around Tate Rodemaker, in the sense that they might be so good, and they are at some spots, that if the quarterback just doesn't screw it up, they could be they could be just fine, and that's how I would look at it as well.
0: Yeah, so you're you're saying that if they've got that zero, they're in. If, if so, it's I think so. So Florida State wins, Michigan wins, Georgia wins, Texas wins, Oregon win. You're leaving out Texas and Oregon.
1: You're you're assuming that. Uh, Alabama beats Georgia
0: no 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 Georgia wins Michigan wins Florida State wins three unbeatens Oregon wins and Texas wins you're leaving out one of those you're leaving out either Texas or Oregon
1: and and you know what and nobody wins there because both of them are completely deserving um I mean I would I I'm not so sure again 13 and 0 ACC champ I get that do I do I think right now am I convinced that Florida State is better than Texas? No. Right. Am I convinced that Florida State is better than Oregon? No. And again, it goes into that question of most deserving versus best four teams. See, that's part of the issue, too, in all of this. When this whole thing started, they should have never created that phrase, best four teams, no matter what, because that's not really what it is. Right. Like last year, Alabama, I'm sorry, better than TCU. Right and and I get it, but guess what? TCU was most deserving. Well, okay. Well, then don't come up with that type of phrasing, because when you the once you do that, then you get people starting to point at certain wins and certain losses not mattering.
0: That's right. Yeah. When we come back, I want your reaction in the chat rooms. So uh, load those up there, and we'll bounce and get right. a couple of those in the chat room of. Uh, uh, your reaction to the Iron Bowl and where we're headed. We'll also talk about the coaching carousel and then set up the championship week after an amazing Iron Bowl where Alabama gets the victory in one of the most amazing sequences of plays I've uh, I've ever seen uh, where Alabama was first and goal at the seven and they proceeded to lose yardage on the next three plays backwards from first and seven to where it was fourth and 31 and they get the... Miracle at Jordan-Hare, Alabama-style, with a 31-yard touchdown pass, and Alabama wins it 27-24. Your reaction to that coming up? And also, everything else going on in college football. The show being brought to you by our friends at Weight to Wellness, the program that helped save my life because I was overweight. Uh, my blood pressure was creeping up. My cholesterol was in a bad place. And uh, they got everything working in a better direction. Better numbers all across the board. And it starts with a healthier diet. You can do that and learn more right now at the website at planforme.com. Uh, planforme.com. No cookie cutter plan. Everything's designed for you. The program is overseen by board certified professionals. There's no contracts. There's no sign up fees and you get a free consultation a plan for me.com a plan for me.com is the website it is way to wellness your journey to healthy living this is monday morning live brought to you by my
1: bookie.ag Tom Luganville here for Jax Western and Outdoor Wear. For great holiday shopping for the whole family, this place is a must. Jax carries all the name brands in boots, hats, and apparel, including the Kynes Ranch brand, as seen on Yellowstone. You might not look like Kevin Costner, but you can dress like him. Jax also has the only Ariat shop within a shop in the state of Alabama. Come see us every Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sundays from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Just look for the big red building off I-65, exit 304 in Coleman.
2: Hey, Lance Taylor from the next round to tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Gutter Cap's that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate that gutter cleaning. It's back with a lifetime warranty, almost 20-year service record right here in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever, 45% off the retail price now if you call GutterCapBirmingham.com. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. Cap it and don't snap it, it's Gutter Cap. Thanksgiving is here, and let the New York Butcher Shop be the place to get all of your holiday meal items. Their premium turkeys are fresh, free-range, and hormone-free. The New York Butcher Shop also has a wide selection of chef-prepared side items to help save you time in the kitchen. Pick up a bottle of wine, and your meal will be complete. Turkeys are selling fast, so place your order today. Two locations to serve you in Caba Heights and on Highway 119 in Greystone. The New York Butcher Shop. Rare quality, well-done service.
3: The next round golf cart is here. Your chance to play four area golf courses for just $89. Get 18 holes of golf and cart at Limestone Springs, Cross Creek, the Meadows, and the newly renovated Woodward Golf Club. That's a value of $247 for just $89. Or get the Next round Deluxe Golf Cart for just $119. It gets you all four courses with cart, plus an exclusive Next round Golf t-shirt, koozie, golf tees, and a sticker. There are no restrictions. The cart is good through September 2024. Get your golf cart now at nextround.store it's time to start thinking about employee holiday gifts consider getting your hard-working guys a pair of red wing boots each day your employees are on the job site helping your company succeed so reward them with comfort at its best the red wing mobile shoe truck can visit your shop and fit your employees with a great selection of boots or red wing gift cards can be purchased at your local red wing store available in all amounts Whichever program you choose, your employees will appreciate the quality service and selection from Red Wing Shoes, and they'll also be thankful they have such a great boss. Reward your employees this holiday season with Red Wing Shoes. This holiday season, give the gift of peace and security to your home with $50 off recurring Wayne's Pest Control Services. As the weather cools down, stop mice, bed bugs, and rodents before they come in. Call 866-WAYNES-1 to gift yourself a safe and pest-free home. Sign up for any recurring service with Wayne's and save $50 off. Don't let mice and rats be uninvited guests to your holiday celebration. Get a pest-free holiday and save $50 off recurring Wayne's Pest Control Services when you call 866-WAYNES-1.
0: get your reaction uh, to the Iron Bowl. Oh, we'll jump into the chat room, brought to you today by our friends at Gutter Cap, a patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate gutter cleaning it's backed with a lifetime warranty as well. It's our friend C. Stu and Gutter Cap. Almost 20 years of service here in Birmingham. Stay off those dangerous ladders. 45% off retail price. GutterCapBirmingham.com. GutterCapBirmingham.com. Or call C. Stu up on his cell phone today. 205-823-2212. 205-823-2212. Or GutterCapBirmingham.com. Um, Rod says, did Milrow seem to try to be a throwing quarterback again this past weekend? He had gotten so good, to Lugan Bill, at one, two, three, and if it's not there, run the ball. And he sort of had progressed to quick reads, and if it's not there, run the football. Did he revert back a little bit in that hostile environment to what we saw with Jalen Milrow early in the year, like in the Texas game, where maybe he held the ball too long?
1: I think maybe on a couple occasions that's, that's fair. I mean, they averaged almost 11 yards per pass attempt. So they, I mean, they were, they were getting some explosives and getting some big plays through the air. So, you know, I, I think that did he revert to that? Maybe a little, but maybe you give Auburn a little credit, uh, as well, uh, putting him in a position to where Maybe they're clouding the issue on the back end and he's not seeing it as quickly or they they threw some stuff at him that they maybe didn't practice or prepare for that they hadn't shown on tape previously. Uh, so there could be some of that going on the game within the game.
0: Uh, Tesla talk uh, cannot, and, and several others, cannot believe how many touchdowns Alabama's had called back uh, this year because yeah. of penalties. You go back to the loss to Texas, a couple of them in that two. game. Yeah, they had two in that game that year. Uh, early in the year. Ten
1: penalties, yeah, ten penalties, two touchdowns would would have been called back, and it was two um, on on Saturday as well. I mean, at the end of the day, Jim, Auburn turns the ball over three times, Alabama does
0: it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Benjamin, uh, Roll Tide, Roll! Just wants to jump in and say that today. We appreciate him jumping in. Um, <laughs> yes, a lot of people are saying Auburn's bowl projections, the Duke's Mayo's bowl. Uh, quick question: A lot of people want to know what do you do with Ohio State now? People are referencing, uh, all due respect to your parent company, ESPN, but the uh, the bowl, pro- uh, the playoff projector that uh, is at the ESPN, yeah. uh, that thing's a little whacked. Um, not because it has got Alabama only at eight percent. But because Ohio yeah. State still has over a fifty percent chance to make the playoffs, I, I don't understand how. I mean, I don't understand how, how it works either. I don't understand I don't that.
1: Get it. I, yeah. I, I try not to look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Michael brings up something here that I can't tell if the if the Auburn DB does this or not. And Blake says, "Don't start with that BS, Michael." He did not. But Michael says, "It looks like the Auburn DB comes up and is trying to." You know, to get one of his defenders to move or shift or something, and makes a clapping sound when the bad snap happens that sets Alabama back, which oh,
1: disconcerting signals. Yeah,
0: that 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 is a penalty um, if that hap- if it's called. I mean, it's not always called. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out why uh, that snap happened when it happened, um, but he. he if you if you're looking for circumstantial evidence you can just say uh, it happened that way because it's happened that way all year it happened earlier in the game milro was just a great athlete and the snap was better and it actually hit him and he was able to catch it but throughout yeah. the year there has been there's been a problem with snapping the football even at home games from the center to Jalen Milrow It's been a problem all year and it almost cost Alabama the Iron Bowl there. Um, quick update here on all that. Uh, my, my computer reset the, uh, the, the, the comments there as everyone's rolling in. I was about to read another one. Um, people commenting on the, on just how amazing the, uh, the atmosphere there is. It is, it's, you know, I grew up an Alabama fan. It is now my favorite place for the Iron Bowl. Because you know, it seems like every game is 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 so memorable. Um, you're on top of you know, the fans are on top of you. Uh, the, the student section does about a, as good a job as anybody in the. They country. never stop. Yeah, they
1: never stop. Yeah,
0: it's just it's just it's yeah. just so good. Um, uh, Steve, it's a big if, but a Bama win over the number one team with the rest of their top twenty five wins should that count for something with the committee? Let's talk about that. That's a good question by Steve. Um, because when the new rankings come out tomorrow night, um, you'll have Ohio state that will drop, but I don't think they'll drop past, you know, Alabama. So Ohio state technically will still be ahead of Alabama without any games left to play. But again, that's where we are right now. That doesn't factor in if Alabama beats Georgia. So if Alabama beats Georgia, how much weight does that carry with, I know you mentioned how important that zero is out there with some power five teams like Florida State, but how much weight does a win of Alabama in being SEC champion carry with the committee if they're able to beat Georgia? And they are the underdog, so it would be an upset.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it carries a lot of weight. Um, but again, the the fact that Texas is still in this equation – and is in line to win the big 12 when they play oklahoma state that's going to factor in as well and the 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 deal is and i actually think this weighs in alabama's favor we talked about kind of the the language that they use if you have two teams where there's a head-to-head but you don't feel that what the team that owns the head-to-head is unequivocally better than the other team which i think in this instance they wouldn't think that they would probably feel that it's fairly equitable, that uh, Alabama has shown a resurgence that has improved dramatically, Maybe one of the most improved teams in college football. So, you know, I think regardless regardless of what happens in the Pac-12 championship game, that champion is likely in, uh, especially with where they've been rated to this point, where they have set what the pecking order has been. So it, it comes down to whether or not Florida State goes down to Louisville, which, Jim, that could happen. I mean, Louis- Louisville, the, the only issue with Louisville is outside of the Miami game this year, they have not played well on the road. And I hate winning good losses versus bad losses, but that loss to Pitt on the road was a bad, bad loss. Now, I understand that they've had a lot of injuries and they lost their tailback and uh, just bad weather, all of that stuff, but that can happen to everybody. I don't think the committee will look that far back at it. If if Louisville beats Florida State, Florida State is out. I think that they are out. That opens the door then uh, for, you know, multiple teams to be in. The question I think at the end of the day is as much about what would the committee do to Georgia? Like how can you take, how can you all of a sudden say that that team that's won however many consecutive games defending two-time national champion goes from 1 to 5 or 1 to 6 but no. essentially that's what might have to happen if everything else holds chuck.
0: yeah th- this will be the first time I believe in the playoff era that we're going to leave out one maybe two teams that are good enough to win the whole thing I don't think that's happened yes. before Yeah,
1: it hasn't, you're yeah. right I think, 100% That's crazy
0: I think there'll be at least one maybe two SEC teams left out that uh, could win it all, and uh, they will be either Oregon or Texas. I think one of them will be left out that could win it all, and I think Ohio State will be left out that could win it all. I mean, there's going to be several teams left out that could end up winning this thing just because there's too many spots there. J.J. says, going back to what Luke's remarks uh, about Ryan Day trying to force the issue because of his toughness, it cost him last year, too. With the future NFL uh, Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year MVP, and he tried to out Michigan, Michigan. That is a problem. Um, so we're getting ready for this championship week coming up. And there was a lot of other things that happened this past weekend we didn't get into this. Uh, but with the championship week coming up, what does Alabama Lugs have to do to beat Georgia? Um, they, they the last time that they had they played at Jordan here and had a wild ending with the drive with no timeouts just to get it to overtime, and they went in four overtimes. They yeah. went in and they beat uh, Georgia and eventually losing to them in the national championship game. That's the last time Georgia's lost. So what does Alabama have to do and what can they do? What do you think they're good at that will cause Georgia problems in this championship game coming up?
1: Well, they're, they're so different than some of the other iterations that have taken on Georgia, especially from a natural passing stance of who they are as an identity offensively as much improvement as Jalen Milroe has shown He's not the natural passer of, of a Tua. Um, he's not the natural passer of a Brights or a Mack. Um, and that's fine. Um, and they've found ways to work around that and then improve him in the process. I think that it is imperative that Alabama has success on first and second down in the run game. Because you do not want to become one-dimensional against uh, Georgia on defense. And you certainly don't want to be in third and plus seven routinely.
0: Yeah. Um, D- doesn't, that come, become, doesn't, that, doesn't that come with Jalen Milrow again, who, um, you know, like I was talking with Tyler Watts, the analyst on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Yeah. And he kept saying the five yard pass and the Iron Bowl this past week, the five yard pass is there every time, but he's not taking it. He's looking for a bigger play uh, down the field. If there's five yards there, take the five yards. Take the five yards and just keep moving that thing until they start taking that quick, the quick five yard pass away. Don't you just have yeah. to take positive plays when they're there?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's a general rule of thumb, regardless of who you are. Take what the defense gives you. You've heard it a hundred times. I kind of like in the game plan. To be one that would be reminiscent of what we saw Alabama look like offensively against Kentucky on the road a few weeks back. Right. Where you had designated quarterback run. You had some gap scheme run with Roydell Williams and, and, and the crew and, and they were, they were really effective in kind of doing what they wanted when they wanted to. But um I, I, I think that a big part of this game plan is leaning on Jay, Jalen Milroe as the entire player, meaning that If you got to run him more than you'd like to, do it. He's that good. He's that dynamic. He's that difficult of a handful um, in the run game. And, yeah, I think he's made – and I would agree with Tyler Watson. I think up until the Iron Bowl, he'd made tremendous strides in that regard. That's right. Of, you know, we weren't talking about the offensive line the last several weeks. But why was that? Yeah, number one, they're playing better. But number two, he's helping them play better because he gets the ball out of the dance. Got to get back to that. But I think the early down production – is really really important if alabama becomes one-dimensional in the area that they're not the strongest um that's going to be a problem
0: yeah i i another commenter it's uh, flying by fast again uh wants to ask isn't that kirby smart defense achilles hill hill it was when he was at alabama a running quarterback so i mean that is yeah. that, when kirby was here in tuscaloosa if you've if you faced a mobile quarterback, that was always tougher on Kirby's defenses. Do you think that has transitioned over to Georgia is still the, the guy who can also tuck it and run it is a problem for the way he likes to play defense?
1: I think it's a problem for everybody in college football, and it's proven to be a problem for Kirby Smart and Nick Saban when the two of them were together. Uh, when you look at the quarterbacks that created problems for them, they were runners, Nick Marshall, right? Johnny Manziel, Cam Newton. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. If you know where the quarterback's going to be all the time, I think that's the thing, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, the fact that Alabama knows defensively that they're not facing a, a runner at quarterback this week, that benefits Alabama. Um, so, yeah, I think it's not just Kirby's Achilles heel. It's It's everybody in college football right now because it puts so much strain on your defense, particularly when it comes to having adequate numbers in the box to defend that because once you do that, you create more one-on-ones on on the outside because you don't have the pass coverage you would normally have.
0: Two more on that game. Dexter says, Bama has a lot of talent. Hope we see it unleashed this weekend. Jace Jace McClellan on crutches uh, as I was in the locker room or by the locker room as he was uh, leaving uh, Mm Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, Nick Saban saying yesterday, left foot injury questionable uh, this week. next 48 hours will say a lot, but it looks like McClellan could be a no-go. Over in the SEC championship game, which uh Roydale and Jam still pretty good there, but the impact of no Jace McClellan, let's say he can't go, how big of an impact is it?
1: Um, I think that's one of their deeper rooms. And I remember our crew when we were going into the game versus Arkansas and we asked Coach about that. He goes, We we think that room's really, really talented. And he also, you know, he brought up a couple of freshmen that he was saying at the time. He goes, I wish we could play those guys more. They're talented enough to play more. We just don't have, there's not enough footballs to go around, not enough touches for all of them. So I liken it a little bit to the situation at Texas when they lost Jonathan Brooks. It was happened to be at a position where they've got great depth and talent. So the drop off is, is I don't think going to be significant. Um, obviously you want to have your full cup complement of, of weapons, but. That's a position I think Alabama's in good hands if you're going to have an injury.
0: Yeah, I personally think Jam's actually the best uh, pass protector in the running back room at picking up blitzes and stuff. Uh, Royal Payne says Beck isn't as mobile, and Georgia hasn't faced a D-line like Alabama uh, this Mm -hmm. year. uh, Two things. Is Beck a mobile quarterback? What can he do with his legs? And two, will this be the best team Georgia's faced all year? I think it is.
1: I think Carson Beck is athletic, but he's not a runner. I think those are two different things. He can navigate the pocket. He can create a second passing chance. But he's not a guy that's going to just take off and make multiple defenders miss and get to the edge and turn the corner and outrun everybody. That's not who he is. He's going to win with his arm, win with his mind. Um, and I would agree with that sentiment. But, I mean, how many people do have Alabama's personnel on defense right. in the front seven? There's very few teams out there. I think Texas is one of them. Georgia's one of them. Uh, depending on the day, Michigan, uh, Ohio State. So it's a handful of teams that present that type of problem. I think the thing that's impressive about this Alabama group is the the two interior guys, 96, 92, are really, really good. I mean, really good. And then you've got the edge guys uh, that, that can collapse the pocket. There's just a lot of scheme versatility with their edge and their outside linebackers, and they're they, they're just so active and disruptive that um, they put a ton of – I mean, look at – Look at the two losses that old Miss has. Look at who they're to, and look at what why it happened, right? Alabama and Georgia and completely got Old Miss, which is a really good offensive football team out of whack, off schedule because they couldn't handle they, they couldn't handle the front people. and that's where something's got to give in this coming matchup.
0: Um, all right, home stretch here. we got all week to talk Bama and Georgia and the other championship games. Um, in my belief on the Heisman Trophy. Bo Nix wins the Heisman if they beat Washington Friday night. If Bo Nix and Oregon loses Friday night and Washington wins, then I think Jaden Daniels of LSU wins the Heisman. You agree or disagree?
1: I, I would tend to probably agree with that, um, and I would have zero issue with whichever way the votes took it, because I think both guys have been remarkably worthy. And I would say remarkably consistent, like the weekend and week out excellence and outstanding level of play is really difficult to sustain. I don't know if we acknowledge that enough. Like you're bound to go out and maybe kind of have an off day. Right. Right. Not those two. Um, and I think that, that that's why they've clearly put themselves ahead of the pack.
0: Uh, My bookie. Dot. A G brings you this show. You use the promo code next round. You get a 50% deposit bonus. deposit bonus, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, mybookie.ag. Again, the promo code next round to enjoy uh, the playoffs in the bowl season uh, that is coming up. Um, Now to the coaching carousel, and we'll circle back around to more comments before the show's over if we've got time. Um, But let's go SEC first. No, 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 let's do the one non-SEC first. Michigan State gets Jonathan Smith. And um, I remember when Alabama hired Bill Curry from Georgia Tech People Mm -hmm. were surprised at Georgia Tech that Bill Curry left his alma mater to come to Alabama, but it made sense. It didn't make Mm -hmm. sense to me when Rich Rodriguez left West Virginia, his school, to go to Michigan. That seemed like it didn't fit. Didn't fit. Yeah. And neither one of them really worked out that well. Now here's Jonathan Smith leaving his school, Oregon State, to now go coach Michigan State. I understand part of this is because Oregon State doesn't have a permanent home. They don't have a bowl. They don't even know their schedule next year. Uh, so it doesn't make sense. Michigan State got a good coach. I feel like.
1: No, I thought they got a great coach. And listen, in fairness to Jonathan Smith, these are extremely rare circumstances. This does not happen if the Pac-12 isn't dissolving. Right. I think what Jonathan Smith did is he looked. He looked at the landscape and asked himself one very important question: How in the world? is a power five athletic department supposed to survive on a group of five level television contract? Like how are you supposed to go from $32 million or whatever to five and how you, you, you can't survive that. And I think he looked at the long-term picture and said, I don't care if the job is roast beef tech university. Like I've got, I've got to find a way to survive and, and, and get out and, and, and move into something that is viable, sustainable, that doesn't have the threat of dissolving. And I think when you match blue-collar, hard nose, well-coached, attention to details, cold-weather climate, and Oregon State and Michigan State have an awful lot of similarities. An awful lot. The only thing that I would say that he's going to have to adjust to is it's going to be a completely different uh, recruiting landscape for him. You know he's been at Washington. He's been at Boise. He's been at Montana. He's been at Oregon State now, and it's been the same recruiting landscape for essentially his entire coaching career. So that's going to be a bit of an adjustment. But uh, I thought it made a lot of sense.
0: Um, in the SEC, Mississippi State gets Jeff Lebby. Uh, so I'm right about this. Lebby, who was at Oklahoma before that, wasn't he with Lane at Ole Miss? Yes. Yeah, and yes. then and then back with Art Briles at Baylor, right?
1: Yep, and then he was at UCF as well.
0: Yeah, so he's an offensive guy, really good play caller, right?
1: Yeah, he and Heifel and Bryles and all those guys came up together. Um, Really dynamic play caller. His offenses have been outstanding everywhere he has been. Um, And now he's going to get an opportunity. And I think it's important at a place like Michigan State, Jim, that you have a a certain feel and look offensively. Like you have to be – you got to be a little quirky, a little different, a little dynamic, a little up-tempo. You need that at a place like, a place like that. And there's familiarity. The athletic director there uh, had been at Oklahoma previously and is, is very familiar with
0: Jeff. Yeah, February Stars points out, yeah, he's actually Art Bryles' son-in-law as well. maybe Art's yeah. daughter, so that works out well too. And then Texas A&M, uh, in a nutshell, tell me about the craziness. Do you really believe Mark Stoops was the guy for a second from Kentucky and that because of fan outrage, much like Tennessee – Uh, did a few years ago that they backed off of Mark Stoops and went a different direction. Do you think Stoops was the guy a little bit?
1: Whether he was or he wasn't, let's just assume he was. To me, this is one of the most idiotic things of all time. You're going to push back on Mark Stoops? You paid any attention to what Mark Stoops has done in the coaching profession since he took that job? I mean, it would have been a huge home run hire, in my opinion. And I'm not saying Mike Elko's not. He's the first name that kind of came to mind. Uh, I know our broadcast group for, in our opening game, Duke versus Clemson. Duke beats Clemson. You're sitting there looking at the job he'd done in a short period of time. But you're also saying to yourself, how sustainable is this? He might want to get out of there while the getting is good. And then this job opens up and all the stars align. But how could you, as a Texas A&M fan, push back? Push back on Mark Stoops if there's truth to that. I yeah. mean, give me a break. That's that right there kind of to me illustrates the problem with Texas AM.
0: Yeah. Caleb says uh, there was a a report out there, and I saw it uh, Saturday night that Stoops is they'd actually flown Stoops into College Station and then on the tarmac turned it around. And I have no confirmation on that, but I'd heard the same thing, Caleb, on Saturday Mm -hmm. night. Jerry uh, wants to know, does Luganville think Arkansas regretting keeping Sam Pittman another year? They made the announcement before the last game they were doing that, and then the game with Missouri was a blowout, and uh, it does look like that locker room. He had lost that locker room there.
1: Yeah, that was interesting to me. I know that over the last two years, the last two years in particular – and in the, the games that I've had Arkansas in, they have been ravaged by injuries, just completely decimated. And in a place like that, it's not like the next guy just plugs and plays and you have no drop off. There's going to be drop off. You're far more of a developmental program. I think the, the bigger concern is K.J. Jefferson regressed. K.J. Jefferson did not get better, um, particularly this year. And now you're going to start all over a quarterback, with a new offensive system, new offensive coordinator, and 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 Sam Pittman, who I think is a great guy and probably a darn good offensive line. Well, I know he's a darn good offensive line coach, and I think the players like him. But I'm I'm a little surprised at this move, and I don't think just the fact that they got blown out by Missouri after the fact. I, I think that was they could have said you're not coming back. I think the same result would have
0: happened. Uh, Goose says probably the best for Arkansas right now. Uh, some really good jobs on the coaching carousel coming open. Try it next year. Rusty says, I don't understand why A&M thinks they're a top-tier team. Uh, that is so wild as they continue to try to hit that home run higher and get to the top part to match their spending in the SEC. All right, uh, we got got uh, 50 seconds, Lugan Bill. Your one big takeaway Uh, from the weekend one thing we didn't touch on you pick anything Robert weekend we We didn't touch about a ton was there one thing out there that uh we didn't hit today NC State man surprises me they got nine wins
1: I I was actually just going to bring up NC State when you look at the job Dave Doran did I mean you you bring in Brennan Armstrong you think all this this marriage of him and Robert and I as the offensive coordinator and it's going to look like 2020 and 2021 at Virginia and he ends up getting benched then you have the freshman quarterback comes in he decided to say, well, I'm going to redshirt. Okay, so now you go back to Brandon Armstrong. You lean on the defense. Brendan Armstrong starts playing good. And now they're going to be in line to potentially get 10 wins. I mean, what an unbelievable coaching job. And- very interesting with North Carolina, man. It's two years in a row yep. that they have tanked on the back half of the season.
0: Yeah, big losing streak for Mac there. Luganville, we'll see you after the championship games and the playoffs are released next Monday, right here on Monday Morning Live, brought to you by mybookie.ag. The next round is coming up live at 9 a.m. Central Time with all your reaction from the locker room and a lot more with you guys on the Iron Bowl win by Alabama, 27-24 over Auburn. Good day, everybody.